And just like that, we are going to get into it. And I'm super excited that we have Joyce Liu in the house today. From pop heads to Tableland to Clanosaurs, her creativity is always on full display. Um, I've been looking through your profile and your just the artwork that you have posted everywhere and the style that you bring to the table is unique and I love it. I love the playfulness that you that your palette includes. Um, and I'm super excited to ask you a bunch of questions and figure out where you get your distinctive style. We have chaos to clarity, noise to narrative. It is time for some rare bits. And before we speak with Joyce, I'm just gonna do a little market fingerprint for the day. Just kind of a time capsule for people that listen to this in the future. So today, the top NFT search term was Trump sneakers. If you have not seen the Trump sneakers, they are gold sneakers and they are red bottoms. And I have to say, I want some. We have 54 days to the Bitcoin halving. Sun Contract launches the world's first solar panel NFT. And I did a deep dive on my Substack today, and it's actually kind of interesting. We have Solana NFT's sales volume surpasses $5 billion for the first time. We're so excited. Bitcoin currently is priced at $51,147. ETH is coming in at $29.61, just shy of that $3,000 mark. And Solana's been kind of flat to the down. We're trading at 102 at the moment, but that is our fingerprint for the day. Atmospherics are in. Enter Joyce Liu. Joyce, can you say hello? One, I want to thank you for coming and stopping by. And just to the audience, it's funny because I reached out to Joyce and asked her if she wanted to come on the podcast. And her initial knee-jerk reaction was no. And it took a minute, but she finally decided to come around. And I'm so happy you did. It's And, and so there's a bunch of stuff I want to unpack in that initial interaction that I think will be interesting for the listeners as well. But Joyce, like, can you say hi and then just give us like a three-minute rundown um, and bring us up to speed? And what I want you to do with, with that like three-minute rundown, kind of key in on that moment that you decided to go to work for the Popheads and kind of start your Web3 journey. And good morning, Joyce. How are you? Hi, good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you first uh, reached out, I was pretty scared because you were like, I want visionaries and leaders. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm one of those. Um, you absolutely are, <laughs> trust me. Um, but yeah, I'm super happy to be here today. And my my Web3 journey actually started back in uh, late 21. And I minted my first uh, ETH 101 on Super Rare. And around the same time people did his like big drop um and it wasn't until later that i found solana um early 22 ish and started my one-of-one journey there and had the pleasure of working with uh pop heads creating the art for them and i also work full-time as a designer working in the motion industry and that's how i got to uh, work with the Offellows team to work on the Tablelands art, and now I'm still part of the Clayo team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, super quick rundown. No, I love it. So, 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 so many things. So, so one, what an amazing 
way to get into this space by minting a one of one. It's so funny. This space, whether you're a degen or a gambler or here for the art, like many people actually are, something happens in this space when there's a currency that that kind of is the flow that everything rides on. And to, you know, like, I mean, you, to get a one of one, that's kind of striking gold on your first time up at bat. So I can, I can imagine that that kind of set a fever and a fire within. Um, and it's really funny. I was listening to an, an interview with people today, just talking back to some of his discovery phases when he was entering the space and hearing how people stumble into the space is always super interesting. Um, let me ask you a question super quick. So you, you, you said that around 22 ish is kind of when you found Solana and it's like, you've already been a speaker at the Solana hacker house. Talk to me. I mean, not only like just speaking at the Solana's uh, hacker house, but just being on the Clayno team, being in, in, in some of these just brilliant projects on Solana. What, what, yeah, like how, how did you find that doorway so quickly? It's, it's magical. And I was trying, you know, find these, these nuggets that people have experienced to, to give the listeners maybe a, a key to the treasure that they didn't, you know, that didn't exist before. I, I, I want to unlock answers and create inspiration for people that are listening. So if you could tell me anything about how you just jumped into that water so quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I was exploring ETH at first, um, I was really having trouble finding the crowd that I resonate with. Um, but like one of the first thing that I minted sold out of nowhere before I even had a Twitter, before I knew there was a NFT community on here. And it was just so magical to me that moment because um, all of the work that I've been doing has been commercial work and it's like um, me as an artist has been primarily solving problems for the client and like bringing their vision to come to life. And so that first NFT sale just opened my mind like, holy shit, <laughs> maybe I can make a living with my own work, with my own voice. And but yeah, so that was the moment that my mind just went boom. But um, I was struggling to find the crowd that I resonate with on ETH and 21 and I stumbled upon Solana um, through like word of mouth in early 22, around February, around the time form function was launching their second wave of artists. So I became um, the second wave of their drop artist and had my first auctions. And I think it was that first three auction that really kicked things off. Um, Cause most of the people bidding were like artists themselves. And it just blew my mind, <laughs> the support on Solana and fell in love with the community. And that's also when I met um, Cap, uh, uh, <laughs> Cap Nick <laughs> from from Quiggles, and <laughs> he put it on my auction. Um, we started talking, became friends, and uh, he's telling me like, "Oh, we're working on this collection uh, of like 3D thingy," and I knew I knew his background as like a 3D supervisor at the really prominent um, studio. So I was like, oh, yeah, I would love to, you know, start from, start from something small and just work, like, on a couple illustrations for you guys. And 
From there, I just kind of got adopted into the team and I've <laughs> been there ever since. Um, it was for being like uh, a speaker at the Hacker House. That was also really cool because originally I'm from Taiwan and growing up, I've always been told like, oh, you should not pursue art by um, all the adults around me, except my, except for my mom. <laughs> um, so uh, last year, being able to go back to Taiwan and bring the whole family back to um, like Hacker House and just feels like a journey that's come full, full circle. You know, so, so Joyce, you, you touched on a, a couple of things that I think are super interesting. So one, just the fact that when you got involved with Solana, you interested, you immediately found community. And that is, that is something about that blockchain for some reason that the people that are involved with it, the people that go to the hacker houses, the people who love that ecosystem, the people, the builders, the art, anybody who's involved in that ecosystem, their ability to foster community is second to none, I think. So it is It is really neat to get in the fold of that Solana ecosystem because it is a community. Um, and then the other thing that I think that is really interesting that you talked about was, um, and, and, and I think many, many kids that are artists, I grew up an artist as well. And when you grow up with parents that don't understand creativity or that, that don't come from a creative background, as a kid, you're put in this position of breaking the mold and it's not easy to do. And when neither of your parents are on your side, it takes even more guts to, to, to break out. And some people don't, but when you have one parent kind of in your corner, rooting you on that understands and sees your passion, that fuel that parents can give their kid is, it is immeasurable. It fuels the tank for a lifetime. That support, that supporting creative endeavors is something that, and trust me, I understand it's difficult for parents to, to support these endeavors, but the fuel that it puts in the tank for your kid is, it's something that you cannot get anywhere else. And I think what's interesting, I, I, I hear a lot in, in conversations that maybe future forward, we will get to a point where kids don't necessarily go to college. I'm not discounting it, but things may get more specialized and, and the learning may change. And when you decide that you don't want to pursue being a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer and you want to pursue something creative, there are so many cultures in the world that instantly distance themselves from you. And parents, when they do that, it's really difficult. So to, to find support in the ecosystem, I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan of your mom already. So I, I think that's brilliant to have somebody in your corner like that. Listen, talk to me about how do you define creativity and how, 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 do, you, how do you express that in your work? You, you talk to me about spending some time kind of getting your chops up, right? Doing creative work for others and bringing their vision to life. But talk to me about like finding your voice and finding that creative outlet. How, how do you key into that? Ooh, um, that, that's an interesting question because I think I am still finding my voice and I don't think that's a 
I think that's a journey <laughs> that uh, everyone's like on. Um, so I so I think through personal work, I've always done. I've always liked to do personal work, even like before NFTs, just uh, on my off time, um, not do client work and explore like what my interest is at the moment. And I've always really envy the people who have a really distinctive style and can just stick to it and do it for a really, really long time. But I, I was never one of them. <laughs> I, I like to like explore and I'll see things be like, ooh, that is really cool. Like, oh, that technique looks cool. Mm-hmm. So I'll like jump around <laughs> and try things and just like learn and I like to learn and add things to my toolbox. So if you like scroll through my portfolio or my Instagram, you'll see kind of a progression <laughs> of styles that I've tried. Um, but I think the current like 2D, 3D style that I have with my main one-of-one collection called The Kindling, mm-hmm. that one came about when I was exploring 3D and first trying to learn it. And it just, I, <clears throat> I, I've always find like light, the movement of lighting and shadow and color fascinating. So. Mm-hmm. It was the moment of, oh, what if I can combine 3D um, lights with like 2D animation? Because that's also something I was trying to learn at the time. <laughs> um, like 2D animation, 3D, 3D lights, color, combine all that together, what would that look like? And that, I guess that's what my current style is. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I think it's a, it's a journey and creativity for me is just like constantly getting inspired and learning, trying new things. Do you have any advice for women that are starting out in this line of work, whether it be art or just in the Web3 ecosystem? Um, just get yourself out there and <laughs> really find your crew. Get yourself out there. That is, that is, let that resonate to everybody. You need to... It's funny, I was speaking last night to, to on a space and one of the biggest lessons I've learned as an artist is sometimes you just need to send it. You need to get it off of your palette so you can turn the page and continue to grow. And so many of us find excuses not to post, excuses not to get the work done, excuses not to hold a space, excuses not to be on a podcast, excuses not to draw, excuses not to practice, all of those things. And I, I, I don't know, it's great to get that shit out of the way. And you, it seems like you're constantly involved in putting out work. And, and that makes me, it makes me excited. And I think artists need to do that. Um, talk to me about this. Talk to me about the creation of your character designs when you're doing concept art. Ooh, mm, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what the brief is. Um, but for my personal work, uh, let's just talk about critters because okay. uh, I love them. So critters are one of my, not one of my one of one collections. So you can see my PFP is one of them. And I think when I create characters, if it's not client work, I <clears throat> really just want to create something that will make me smile, make other people smile. So these little critter <laughs> characters, they look like just like a doodle. Um, but they came at a moment of like 
really, really frustrating moment trying to learn 3D, like can't find a button, the same button um, we have on the YouTube tutorial. Be like, what? <laughs> Why is it so hard to even just follow a tutorial? I fucking hate this. Oh, sorry. I just swear on your podcast. But No, you can you can <laughs> the F-bomb all you want. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just like so frustrating starting to learn 3D, you know? So... Um, at the time, I was like, oh, I just want to do something fun and like make it wiggle, make it dance. And that's kind of just how Critter came about. So it's always, since then, it's been a reminder for me to like not take things too seriously and have fun in the moment and like spontaneity um, and just like be happy because sh- life is short. <laughs> Joyce, it's funny. You, so two things. One, I, I want, I want to double click on Critters for a second, but Critters seems like such a wonderful expression of your voice. And when you talked about admiring other artists who get in a lane and just ride or die in that lane, whether that's good or bad, it's, it's their style, but it's so nice to see your exploration. And then life kind of gives you your, your, your lane. And so seeing how you express yourself with critters is awesome. And it's funny, I, I was gonna ask you about color palette and, and how, how much of it plays into your critters collection, but I wanted to add on that just because you, you enjoy the relationship with light and shadows, especially on 2D stuff. So if you wanna comment on either, like how do colors motivate your work and or the, the lighting of these things? Mm, I think Color and light, I, I just always been really interested in the relationship, like how light has an effect on different <laughs> objects that are different colors and how uh, like atmospheric perspective also comes into play, just all that intricacy. And when, when people get that right, it really can create like an, a mood and like a world that just sucks the viewer in and through that I don't know I just always find it really interesting so I love to play <laughs> with colors um all my all of my work look like rainbow vomits um but but yeah critters <clears throat> I actually try to stick to somewhat of a limited palette because they are so simple mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been interesting to try and stick with that palette and still make the whole collection look interesting. And yeah. Okay, so a couple things. I wanted to talk to you about how you kind of balance the technical aspects and the creative aspects. And you mentioned how, how it is when you're, for instance, learning 3D and the buttons. The, the, the console feels clunky because things aren't aren't placed where you kind of want them. Yeah, like trust me, I understand. I've been through it, and and it's interesting. I, not not to harp on people, but I just happened to listen to a really great interview with him, and when he was also deciding to start doing, 3D, the X, you know that that what's interesting and what I love about art is that clunking around that 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 searching for the correct way to express yourself with these new texts. Sometimes that fumbling around is part of the artistic journey because you will only fumble the way you fumble. And so there are these, there's this underlying discovery mode that's in all this stuff that I truly find fascinating. 
But yeah, talk to me about just juggling the the, the creative want to output and juggling that with the technical things that you're trying to incorporate. Yeah, it's kind of funny how you said that um, about fumbling because that's exactly what it is. Um, I don't I don't claim myself as a 3D artist at all, but I've definitely gone a little bit better <laughs> uh, through the years. And sorry, my cat is like, um, but yeah, uh, so I quit, but pretty quickly found out that I only like 3D um, as long as it like portray the part that I want, but I'm not interested in the rest of the aspects. It kind of sounds bad, <laughs> but I, I found out that I'm pretty into the sculpting, but like I couldn't handle like the texturing and um, like the, the other parts of it or like making mm -hmm. the, what's it called? Like the UV map or the geometry really nice and smooth or whatever. Um, I just don't have the brain for it. Too much like technic technicalities. So like my work till this day, I just kind of make what I can and then the rest I just paint over <laughs> in Photoshop. Uh, <laughs> It's so bad. If if like a professional 3D artist go and look into my file, they'll they'll probably have a heart attack. <laughs> I love it. Listen, do you do you ever use generative grid systems when you work? No. What is that? Um, it's it's just it's just it can be helpful for doing spatial stuff and 3D and stuff. Um, and and it gets into some AI stuff. It's it's some new stuff that's coming out. And I just wondered if it had had hit your radar yet. Um, do, you, do you think that Web3 technologies are changing the landscape of digital art? Yeah, definitely. Um, like the AI and we're seeing a lot of people uh, doing different things with it. Um, that's all really inspiring. And I don't think I'm seeing as much incorporation from the Web2 art studios just yet. But mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure eventually... Um, it's going to be incorporated into the workflow. And Joyce, when, when you talked at the Solana Hacker House in Taipei, did you have a goal in mind that you wanted to share? Like, what, what message did you want to convey at the house? Honestly, I just wanted to show my family, like, part of the crazy Web3 world that I'm part of. And... They were all extremely proud, and especially my mom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was my goal. Yeah. Listen, and talk to me about the involvement in the Kindling series and the Beeple Studio opening exhibition. Wait, sorry, could you repeat my, my bad? Uh, the Kindling series? Uh-huh. And, and the Beeple Studio opening. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, when people... Uh, did his studio opening and had that open call for people to submit work. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend uh, Ni really encouraged me to submit, but at the time I didn't want to. I was like, eh. Just didn't want <laughs> no to come way. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no way I'll get chosen. But I submitted anyway because he kept pestering me. Um, but, but this goes back to the thing we were talking about, like putting yourself out there, like yeah. take chances. Um, but yeah, so I, I got accepted 
uh, got selected and I thought it was a scam all the way until I landed in like North Carolina, <laughs> met up with amazing artists like DK, uh, Garrett and Jack and people, just like all these amazing people. But it was like very surreal. I didn't even think it was real <laughs> until I was there. It's 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 his 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 compound is absolutely breathtaking, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. The fourth ceiling uh, screens and oh, it's just and it was just so so amazing to watch him work. Like how much work he can put out in an hour. It's, I don't understand how he does it. He he, he is an enigma for sure. Um, how does your work from or how does your work with Popheads differ from the work you're doing with Planosaurs? Um, I guess the style was different, and at Clano, it's a lot more like compartmentalized because there's like a bigger team. Um, I guess, I guess it's like not that different in terms of process, but different in terms of like team. <laughs> mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It does. Give me some advice that you would give aspiring digital artists that are looking to break into Web3. And, you know, like, like think of the people who have not yet put stuff out there and whether you want to encourage them to find an avenue to start posting, whether it be on Instagram or, excuse me, Instagram or Twitter. Um, yeah. How, how can we inspire people that are trying to get into this space and I often find the, the best way to inspire them is to give them an idea of a roadmap or a couple things they could do to start moving in that direction yeah um, I'll definitely say make a Twitter and um, off the bat like have no expectations and just try to manage your expectations because that's what got me when I first started and um Again, like really find that crowd you resonate with. Start with that one friend and then build slowly, slowly build a community around you and try not, not to force the sales or it will just like get really sad. And this is, this is interesting. I'm, the, the more I think about this question, have you, and, and as an artist, I have not started doing this yet either, but have you started exploring AR and VR in the sense that how, how do we create art that somebody who is using an AR VR apparatus could receive it? Have, have you, have, has that crossed your brain yet? Um, I've definitely tried uh, a, a VR a couple years back around okay. COVID time. Um, but <laughs> I, I did not go very deep into it. So I don't, I don't know. And have you tried creating art with the VR? Like it, like, yeah. Okay. And, and so what I'm thinking about, so when you, there's creating art, but I, I wonder what art is going to be like to receive art. So, so imagine Rafiq Anadol, some of his, some of his work, imagine what that would be like experiencing that in a VR headset. Um, I, just, just complete immersion. I, I, I don't know. There, there's some interesting stuff coming down the pike, and it, and it's always interesting watching this this kind of ecosystem push kind of the boundaries of that forward. Um, not to harp on the Klanos, but but 
the Klanos, they've become such a, a, a wicked pillar of the Solana ecosystem. Um, is there any out? Can you drop anything about what, stuff coming down the pike that you guys are working on or stuff that really gets you excited about the team? <laughs> I'm trying to give you drop off. <laughs> I'll always get, try. Get me fired. Um, so there is uh, stuff brewing. I love it. No, no, no. But yeah, talk to me about it. Like what? What? Yeah, they're, they're so awesome from the outside. How has it been on the on the inside? Oh, it's it's been really really amazing working with them. Uh, it's like they try to make it very stress free, <laughs> and so I've just been loving working with them. Like the team is extremely structured. So. Uh, yeah very very good all right we're not gonna push it um you, you know i i love watching you kind of discover your voice um do you have any advice for people struggling to find their authentic self or their authentic voice um when when they're going down the creative road mm, if they try not to compare yourself too much the game of comparison is the death of joy which is very very true it is but it's, it is so true yeah it's like a lot easier said than done i think but i do think it's really important to take inspiration from the world around you or from other people's work and just try things and like look inside and find what inspires you and play like the mad scientist and start combining things until you find something that is you. Let the stumble become beautiful. I absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Joyce, it's awesome. All right. And, and listen, um, before we wrap up, are, are you personally working on any collabs or do you have any things on your calendar moving forward that you want to share with us? Mm, not collabs, but uh, Critter Shop is coming in May. Okay. And I will be bringing back auctions for critters very soon and also cooking up a new one-of-one one collection um, on Soul. All right. And, and listen, Joyce, like I, I, I love your work. I love watching the arc of your work, how you're growing and exploring. I love where you're at in your, in your artistic journey now. I appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, awesome. And I'm, see, like, do more of these things. All the artists out there, send it. Say yes to things. Get out of your comfort zone. Do all these things. That is the show. Remember, the rabbit hole runs deep. Get your daily dose of crypto clarity in my Substack. All of Joyce's links are going to be posted on the podcast, which I will post later today. Search Rare Bits anywhere you podcast. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. Warning, rare bits may cause hodling.